0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening depending on where you are in the world. I'm Gareth Carpenter, content editor at Informa Markets and I'd like to welcome you to our monthly PharmaPack podcast bringing you all the latest insights into the world of pharmaceutical packaging and drug delivery. And here we are in part two of this exclusive three-part series in which we've partnered up with one of Northern Europe's oldest academic institutions, Lund University in Sweden, to focus on the progress the industry has made in shifting from product-centered to patient-centric design packaging. Today, we're going to specifically assess the challenges of this evolution to companies that design clinical packaging and ask whether the concept of patient-centricity applies in the clinical setting, where packagers need to ensure that their products meet strict regulatory requirements and do not influence the trial in any way. And to help us get to the heart of the matter, I have two expert guests with me here today. Firstly, I'd like to welcome Sasha Sonnenberg, Global Head of Business Development at Sharp Clinical Services. Sasha has more than 15 years' experience in the pharma clinical supply industry. Before joining Sharp in 2019, he was Vice President of Cell and Gene Therapies and Clinical Supply Services at Marken. And I'm also happy to welcome back to the podcast, Jana Carli Lorenzini, Postdoctoral Research Fellow, Packaging Logistics at Lund University. Jana is conducting a research project on patient-centred pharmaceutical packaging design for enhanced life quality of older people, funded by CAMPRAD Family Foundation. Jana's making her second appearance in this series, which basically makes her a veteran in my eyes. Sasha and Janna, a very warm welcome to the both of you. Gareth, thank you
1: for having me on the call, and hello, Janna.
2: Hello, Garrett and Sasha. It's nice to be back to this podcast series.
0: So, Sasha, if I could turn to you first. The purpose of a clinical trial, it's essentially to evaluate the safety and efficacy of a drug treatment by testing them on volunteers. Now, obviously, much of the focus and attention will be on the drug itself, and people might underestimate the vital role packaging plays in clinical studies. For you, why is the packaging around a drug undergoing clinical testing so important?
1: Yeah, there are several reasons why the packaging is so important, and actually, packaging plays multiple different roles when it comes to clinical trial supplies. We talk about primary packaging such as blisters, containers, vials, prefilled syringes, secondary packaging like labels, cartons, and also tertiary packaging, which is becoming more and more important, and it's usually referring to as a transport solution. So, the functions that packaging takes on in a clinical trial is protecting the products, for example, from external impact, shock, motion, heat. But there's also functionality such as child resistance and senior friendly or in general allow the administration of the drug when we talk about uh, prefilled syringes, for example. Another very important aspect when we talk about labels is to be compliant with regulatory requirements and to provide the information that are required by the different regulatory authorities. But there can also be guidance that can be provided by packaging solutions. If you look at some blister cards or moving forward, also looking into smart packaging solution. And then something that is more specific to clinical trials is actually the blinding in randomised clinical trials.
0: Yeah, you mentioned blinding. As we know, Sasha, a clinical trial should be double blinded. In other words, nurses, doctors and patients should not be able to identify the active drug or the placebo. How should the packaging be designed to avoid compromising the uh, trial?
1: Well, the double-blinded trials are the gold standard. So blinding in the clinical trial refers to the process of withholding information about assigned treatment from specific groups or individuals. And the concept of blinding may appear relatively simple. But in reality, there's substantial practical difficulties that can arise in constructing apparently identical treatment. So for blinded studies, ensuring the blind is crucial importance. And there are usually two kinds of unblinding. It's full unblinding or partial unblinding. When designing blinding solutions, there are some points that need to be considered. First of all, again, the impact that you apply to the actual product, this can be the heat when we talk about shrink sleeve, it can be migration of glue through the material of the blinding solution we're using. There can be the impact on the actual drug. We need to think about stability testing if we need to unpack, depack, and repack the drug. There are other packaging components, blinding of syringes or containers that are reinserted into an auto-injector or inhaler, which can cause difficulties. And what we need to consider is not just looking at the product. We actually need to consider all five human senses that we have to look, feel, even smell the material. Some kind of robustness to assure the blinding and that uh, it's not easy to, for example, scratch off or peel off elements. Protecting the material. What kind of patient group do you have? Are there any limitations or disabilities that would have an impact on the packaging or blinding design? The blinding solution use should not impact usability or functionality. Instead, it could even support both aspects. And if unblinded, by accident or intentionally, the unblinding should remain visible so that there's a clear evidence that, for example, a label has been peeled off.
0: So lots of boxes to tick there, lots of considerations. So I imagine there's many, many challenges in designing packaging for clinical trials that don't compromise the process.
1: I think the challenges have become more complex. The requirement for matching and so on must go beyond the actual products and extend to all associate packaging, labeling, and even the drug product, because on occasion, the need for repacking of medicine cannot be avoided, and its implication must be reviewed at the outset. So when blinding, between blinding the actual drug, where we talk about then over-encapsulation for old solid dose, or blinding the packaging material, usually we are talking about blinding the primary packaging material. When designing the packaging or blinding solution, usability and functionality are the main criteria that need to be looked at, especially with more drug device combination. Packaging design is becoming more challenging. It's not just impacting the actual packaging design, you also need to have an eye on the packaging process, especially if automated systems are used as a parameter for packaging, might change because of the blinding solution. So it is quite complex and there are a lot of challenges that you need to consider.
0: And as we know, you know in, in phase three, when the packaging should be as close as possible to the commercial stage packaging, I, I guess there are problems there as well in that the packages need to make sure the blinding continues, but nevertheless, you need to have that similarity.
1: Yeah, the challenges remain the same. I mean, clinical supply packaging design is rather neutral compared to the commercial packaging where you think about branding where you have let's say a more colorful and design aspects that are considered That's not what you have in clinical trials however when we talk about the actual packaging design you should stay as closely as possible to the intended commercial design later on because you can learn a lot about feedback from patients on how they get along with the actual packaging design. If it is user-friendly, if there are challenges they face, for example, especially when we look at some of the drugs that require child-resistance and senior-friendly solutions, or when we look at some of the trends where you use smart technologies or specific guidance technologies to support the patients. So, There's a lot to take into account more when designing the actual packaging solution from a physical aspect.
0: I'd like to steer the conversation towards functionality and usability, which you've already alluded to, Sasha, and I'd like to bring Jana into the conversation at this point. Jana, from your previous and current research, you've seen several examples of the many challenges people can face with packaging in general, pharmaceutical packaging, I should say. Packaging for clinical trials needs to emphasise the usability aspect of making it protective but still easy to use. So which packaging features are important to consider when thinking about functionality and usability of the packaging
2: from my point of view packaging used in clinical trials it's designed to be taught not only product-centric way uh, where aspects like protection and stability are emphasized but there is also this need as you mentioned to understand the end user and user-centric approach so in my current research i have asked packaging professionals working in the pharma business about what they think is patient-centered packaging. And I usually get similar responses to this one. Packaging should be like intuitive, easy to handle, easy to open, easy to access. And a common view is that packaging facilitates use. So I have heard in these interviews that a good packaging is the one you do not think about. So you almost do not perceive it because the process of accessing the drug is so smooth. And I think this can also extend to packaging for clinical trials when thinking about end users. So packaging a clinical trial is not selling a product. And I think Sasha just mentioned that, you know the brand elements are not there. So it's not creating or strengthening any brand recognition. It's purely like a vehicle for the trial, and this should also go smooth. So recognizing the correct product for the trial, being easy to identify, these are among vital features as I see it. As clinical trials run in many markets with many different cultures among people as well, it's also important to identify common points that facilitate use no matter where you are testing these groups and also to facilitate, of course, production and distribution. One example is like calendar blister packs that are among the preferred packs uh, that can facilitate adherence in a trial, for example. So blister packs that allow instructions to be printed on the packaging can make it easier for the end user. You can see like the blister that, you know, if the dose has been taken or not, so the patient can see it also. And it uh, helps in following like this, the treatment or like the trial. Blisters may not be ideal if the testing group has some dexterity issues. And Sasha also commented on that, I think. So we need to think about what kind of capabilities are in this range of people you are testing. And in this case, bottles, also like an alternative option but there are some risks like of contamination and also bottles do not provide a visual cue that uh, the tablet for the day has been taken. if you're testing like tablets or pills and you know having these visual cues if you're giving a medication to be tested by patients at home this can be really important for adherence.
0: Jan has given a list of a few examples there uh, Sasha do you have any more examples of functional easy cheese packaging for the clinical trials?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, talking about packaging features, we spoke about usability and functionality. It makes, however, sense to look into some of the trends and developments we have seen over the last five to 10 years. And pharma naturally is not the most innovative and fast forward moving industry. However, some developments like the current COVID-19 pandemic have accelerated the development of trends when we, for example, look into decentralized clinical trials. It was an emerging trend, maybe more as a trend, but now the majority of pharma companies had to look at these kinds of solutions using direct to patient, home care solutions, allowing patients to receive their therapies at home and to either take them or to have a nurse coming to administer. On the other side, I believe that with these trends, we will see additional needs and opportunities coming up when we talk about compliance, adherence, where we will see new technologies coming up, such as smart elements that are included in packaging solutions. The technologies are there. They are not new. Yeah, They are used in other industries. And... Features that we could see more and more, and I know that some companies have already started to use them in pilot trials, are electronic screens and even sensors that can show additional information, such as a schedule, added reminder functions, or provide information about the temperature the drug has been stored at, at the patient's home.
0: Wow. So it really seems like things are moving on. Um, You mentioned patient adherence, Sasha. I mean, that's extremely important to the success of a clinical trial. This is a question to both of you. Maybe I could ask Jana first of all to answer. How do you keep patients engaged, Jana, through long-term trials? How do you convince patients to take the treatments as prescribed, follow what's instructed? And how can the packaging in the clinical trial contribute to that?
2: In my research, I have not addressed specifically like studies in in the clinical trials, but I see many things that can be generalized from the studies I have conducted. And there is a lot of opportunities there for further research as we need more knowledge around packaging in clinical trials, actually. So I have the feeling that people in general became more informed and more interested in clinical trials due to the pandemic. It's as if everybody has something to say nowadays. And it's quite an interesting phenomenon. To see. However, there are still the same old gaps in knowledge and that has been like this for for decades. One particular challenge regards especially like about engaging people and keeping them, as you said, taking the treatment for a long time. And that's what happens when not only in a clinical trial, but when you are taking a treatment on your daily basis. So we can reflect about the mechanisms that make people engaged in a clinical trial. In adherence for treatment, we usually see this pattern where people, often they start with a high level of engagement. They have a motivation to begin, you know, they got a treatment and and then they just start. And in a clinical trial, we can think about people motivated to help themselves, to help others, they find some purpose in participating. Yet we know that life comes in the way, so we live busy lives, we have many things to do. So taking a treatment or participating in a clinical trial can easily become secondary among these day-to-day tasks. Establishing a link between routines already in place, so you know what the person already does in his her life, and the participation in the trial, I think it's key for its success. And as I see it, it's not only a matter of writing tidying instructions. It's also a process of making it simple and intuitive to follow, like adapting to the, these routines in place, as I said. In my project, I have asked, for instance, like older people to take photos of their medication, their routines with the pharma packaging, and to take notes about that for a week. It was short, you know, it was for like seven days. But yet I felt that, you know, they lost their interest after some time because they lose this sense of purpose in participating. No one gave up along the way, but it was probably because it was just a week. So I don't think that we can throw all the responsibility on the packaging for keeping people engaged. However, packaging might accelerate this engagement if it's too complicated or if the overall process of taking the drug in the clinical trial demands too many steps, too many instructions. So when designing the clinical trial, it's important to maybe stop and reflect, are there too many steps? Could we reduce some of these steps and facilitate things at some point for the end user? And which way can we keep people engaged? And one of the older patients I interviewed, he was kind of happy in participating in one clinical trial that was like extending over many years. And he pointed to some things that stimulated him to keep going. Like he had appointments with a specialist that was really keen to listen to him and about his health. He also found the device very easy to use, no complications. And he felt like better because he was participating in this trial. So these are some of the things to also consider.
0: Thank you for that, Jana. And same question to you, Sasha. I mean, how do you keep patients engaged and embedded in the uh, clinical trial?
2: Yeah, patient
1: adherence is a critical point for pharmaceuticals, for sponsor companies, because it's a huge cost driver or potential saving factor. And I believe that packaging solutions can play a much, much bigger role. When we talk about patient engagement, we see that most patients drop out because the impact the clinical trial has on their daily routine is just too big. And this applies even to parents who have a child with a rare disease that has a limited life expectation. Even for them, it is hard to drive two, three, sometimes four hours or more to a clinical site to sit there and wait, then to talk to the investigator for 50 minutes or maybe have another appointment and then to drive back. So this is a huge impact. And just let's look to ourselves. If we need to stay and wait five minutes in front of the cashier at the supermarket, we already get nervous. So I think as I mentioned earlier we will see more decentralized trials and there's the question how packaging solution can become more interactive. I think packaging solutions can be used to actually guide the patient by providing information but also to obtain information from the actual patient providing alerts of when something is expired or there is a recall so I believe that with the availability of technical solutions that we have, with the combination of mobile devices, there is huge potential in to improve patient adherence.
0: Interesting, lots of opportunities then, that's good to hear. How should the packaging be designed for a clinical trial considering different testing groups? For instance, it's a much different scenario having say nurses administering treatments patients in a trial rather than asking patients to do it by themselves at home and if i could ask that question to you sasha
1: yeah i think it's a very complex questions where we probably alone could talk about for 20 30 minutes but for me it's not just about the different testing groups i mean it's also about the training they have the abilities It's about certain designs of the packaging solution, dosage forms, and not all of them are meant for self-administration, so you need to have a professional healthcare provider to administer the drug. And if we look again at decentralized trials, if patients should still be treated at home, sometimes there's no way around combining this, for example, with the nursing service to get the drug administered.
0: Thank you. And Jana, do you have anything to add on that?
2: I agree with what Sasha mentioned about, like, you know, considering the capabilities, the training and, you know, skills that will influence uh, the performance of, you know, these groups in the trial. And I think for sure, packaging should be designed with consideration of these capabilities. And I think it's important to consider what are the common errors that a patient or a healthcare professional could make, you know, is the packaging contributing to lead to these errors or to undermine these errors? And also, as it was mentioned, that you know, treatment trials are moved to, to the home environment. I think patients might already have at home, you know, other medications and their respective packaging to deal with. So this should also be put in consideration. And recognition of the right medication in their medication regime is essential to avoid these kind of errors. On the other hand, like healthcare staff may also be overwhelmed by tough schedules, fast pace. So packaging needs to be supportive here also in terms of clear information and ease recognition.
0: And finally, I'd like to sort of turn back to this issue of using the use of uh, smart technology in clinical packaging. You've already provided some great examples of how it can really, really um, boost the process. So what I wanted to ask you is, are there any examples of any different uses of this type of technology that's contributing to clinical trials and most importantly, improving adherence, Sasha?
1: Yes, absolutely. And and I like the question. I think it's a very interesting one. A couple of years ago, a leading pharma company was actually running a trial using a mobile phone, an app connected to the actual drug kit by using RFID technology. And the overall feedback from the clinical trial was very positive many might argue that smart technologies are not for elderly patients. But in this study, however, it turned out that especially the elderly patients who participated in a clinical trial provided a very positive feedback about the solutions used. And why is that? Compared to a traditional kit, the app and the phone allowed them to access additional information to increase the font size of the text, which is on a, well, clinical trial kit. Usually it's 0.6 font size, so very small. So here they can increase. They were able to set up reminder functions, and there are many, many more benefits smart packaging solutions can bring to patients participating in a clinical trial, as well as to the sponsor. And I remember we had the group at ISBE where we looked at the benefits, and initially it was about updating retest dates, but it didn't even, at the end, made it under the top 10. There are so many more benefits, smart packaging solutions implemented in clinical trial kits, can have, and they for sure have a very positive impact, not just on the patient, if designed correctly, but on compliance and adherence.
0: And Jana, a final word from you on that? Do you feel that um, you know, technology is, is revolutionising things and that we, we shouldn't kind of uh, stereotype certain user groups and say that they, you know, they can't use this type of technology?
2: I like that Sasha mentioned the uh, like uh, older people because that's uh, what I have been focused on in my studies recently. And if we think about like older people, many clinical trials might be directed for them. And uh, research shows that there is like a prejudice around aging. So by the way, we create like stereotypes about what it means to become older and so on. And older people are in general like they are a heterogeneous group. So. It's also difficult to have one solution that fits all. And sometimes it's a matter of how you present technology to people and how, again, you show the purpose of using it. Talking with some uh, startup companies in the medtech area, they comment that if you ask people, sometimes they think, okay, I don't need this technology in my treatment. But in fact, they, they, they do because, you know poor adherence rates so it's important to show like there is a purpose of using this technology and how you add these to as i said before like the routines so it's not an extra step it's building the embedded in the routine so it becomes easy to use this technology and we see older people using smartphones social media so they find a purpose in doing that they see it helps in their daily lives so we need to be careful with the idea of older people and other groups can or cannot do And also, I think it's important to also pay attention to possible biases that may surge in in clinical trials, because you may engage volunteers in your trial that are already adopters of technology, but this can also not correspond to the majority of your population. So this is something to think about as well. And I think also like technology offers a great opportunity more than ever before to gather data from use of medication at people's home. And making it possible to run trials outside of this medical clinical research environment. But as I said, there is there's this need of synchronizing how you take the physical medication and how you add the input in the like the cloud or you know in a digital environment. So these two things should be connected.
0: Sasha and Jana, thanks so much for joining us here at CPHI today.
1: Thank you, it was a pleasure.
2: Thank you very much. It was nice to talk to you today.
0: That's it for this edition of the PharmaPack podcast. Next month, in the third and final episode of this series, Gianna and I, along with other industry experts, will explore how companies should approach the design of senior-friendly, self-administered drug devices, and how to keep older patients involved and engaged at every phase of the development process. Thanks, as always, for listening, and we wish you a very pleasant day ahead.